Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that the doors to my marketing playbook are opening very, very soon. If you're a service provider and want to learn how to market your business like a pro, this six-week program is for you. Head on over to mymarketingplaybook.com forward slash course to pop your name in the wait list and I'll send you an email as soon as the doors are open. All right, let's get going. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hello and welcome back to My Business Playbook. Thank you so much for joining us today. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whenever you're listening to this, as we recorded this, most of Australia was in lockdown. And I thought it was such a good time for us to have this conversation about purpose. And I know that many people in our audience, many people in our community here at Lala Social Club and My Business Playbook are really feeling it when it comes to staying focused you know, a lot of businesses have been quite affected. You know, that's probably the understatement of the year. But how do we respond and how do we stay aligned with our purpose and kind of not lose ourselves in this time? And so I really am excited to introduce you to Marina Suhulutsky, who is the founder of Purpose Built, a company whose mission is to help people wake up to who they truly are and what they're meant to contribute in this world and to help them make money doing it. I love that little that little thing on the end. <laughs> That's good. So we're talking about why you need to articulate the purpose for your life, firstly, and then how to actually apply that purpose to your business. Marina also unpacks the key mindset shifts you need to make in order to start making money doing what you love. And she also shares the number one mistake business owners make when it comes to pursuing their deepest purpose. Now, Marina has quite a resume. She has spent over a decade in corporate America managing 30 plus person teams and over $200 million in software for IBM. So she kind of, she knows her stuff. So I'm really excited about this conversation. I know you're going to get a bunch from it. Let's dive straight in. And also just as an aside, if you love it, please share it. If you love the episodes, I love it when I get DMs saying, hey, I I don't think your podcast sucks, you know. (laughs) So please share the podcast, share this episode. I know you're going to love it. And even if you're listening to this way after lockdowns are done and we're all like on a beach in Italy somewhere, this is still applicable. It's still really, really powerful for us to get a handle on how to run our businesses and also live our lives in a way that is more purposeful and and more heart-centered because that is so much more sustainable long-term for us as people. So let's dive into it. Here is my conversation with Marina of Purpose Built. Let's do it. Well, Marina, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad to have you here all the way from Colorado. Thank you so much. How the heck are you today? 
I am well. We have headphones. You can hear me. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, as listeners, you never know what goes on before these things. But let me tell you, it's professional. (laughs) It's professional what goes on. No one We're ever forgets. Yeah, no one forgets the headphones. No one's microphone doesn't work or webcam just shuts off. It's it's all good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but Marina, I'm so excited to have you here today because we're really going to dive deep into how to build your business and really make sure that it's aligned with your purpose and not just your kind of mission statement as a business, but your purpose as a person. So. Before we dive into all the practical advice you have around how business owners should really be doing this, I just want to kind of talk about your story of how you started Purpose Built because it's super, super interesting. How the heck did you start? Like, tell us the story. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's interesting as I've been kind of sharing my story. And by the way, thank you for having me. I'm super excited for this conversation. As, as I've been sharing my story, I've started to talk about it in two phases. I have the resume reason. Yes. And I have like the real reason. Yes, I love it. And so <laughs> I actually, and both, is, uh, both parts are actually really interesting. So the biggest thing that I think is interesting on the resume reason side is I started Purpose Built right as COVID was declared a national or international crisis. <laughs> I, I, I had quit. I spent so I have a, a corporate background of 12 years in corporate. I did brand, I did business, and then most recently I did product development for IBM. Yeah. So I spent six years doing, you know, owning messaging software basically. And I had decided that it was, you know, I had been building purpose built behind the scenes and I had decided, okay, like it's time. And I'll tell you more about the real reason in a second, but I was like, it's time. Okay. Right. I'm doing this. And that was March 9th. And then, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, and then it happened, then COVID happened. And so I had, and I'm, this is, and I had a, you know, I had a 30 person team at the time I was making New York money. I had stock options. Like I was good, you know, yeah, yeah. I had actually just turned down a promotion. So I was going to have 180 people to lead during a pandemic. Like, and, and so it was this trust fall moment. I mean, it was, I, I, literally trust fell onto a bed and was like, do I go back? Like, what do I do? You know, I didn't know. I had mentioned before we hopped on, like I have family in New York. I didn't know if I was going to need to help sustain them. Right. It was a really big moment a really trustful moment to go. Am I starting a company called purpose built and, and, and like going back to corporate? Yeah. Wow. So, and so I, I, I said, you know, okay, I believe in this and I'll tell you, share more about that in a minute, obviously, but I believe in this and, and like now or never. Yeah. And, you know, when I talk to people about that, I had been planning for a year and a half, right? Yeah. Not every single day, but I had been in the intention and in the creation process for a while. And because I was in that space, I had also saved money and been very conscious with finances, right? So I, you know, I think when people say, okay, well, I just, I believed in myself and I jumped. And I think that's a hundred percent what I did. I mean, like that is what I did, right? Like off the deep end, no net. I don't like, what is a pandemic? Right. (laughs) And, and I had, I had a plan. Right. I love that. 
I think it's really important and I and, and realistic to kind of give the, the the perspective that you absolutely, without trust and without confidence, you can plan till you're blue in the face and nothing will happen, right? Mm-hmm. You can start a business, start a business, close a business. That happens a lot. There's a start stop a lot of the time. So you have to have trust and you have to have a plan. <laughs> yeah, is, that's is so good because yeah, I do think so much of running a business is a bit of a faith exercise. Like oh, not in necessary like not in a religious sense, but in a sense of you have to have faith in what you're doing, faith that there's room for you in the market. You actually really have to have a lot of self-belief as well. But then you do have to have practical strategies in place. I, mm-hmm. I'm totally, I totally believe that as well because so many people are like, oh, I'm just, I, you know, I'm just winging it. And I think, yeah, there's an extent of you don't have to wait till it's perfect to just do it, execute at 80%. 100%. But you don't, you do need to have a plan. So I, I totally, totally agree with you on that. So when, when you started Purpose Built, so you say that that's your kind of re- resume. Resume reason. Yeah. <laughs> what was your real, like, personal yeah. reason? Yeah. So I, you know, I've always been a kind of a personal development personal growth um, junkie, if you will. (laughs) And I've always been, you know, I have one of my closest friends, my first friend in America. I I wasn't born in Colorado. (laughs) I was born in Ukraine and we moved when I was five. And (laughs) I thought you were just saying that as like an expression. And I'm like, yeah, I could talk about my my best friend, my first first friend. friend. In Australia, my, I love it. <laughs> everybody's got their first friend, um, which is true. But she tells this story, and she tells it really well. Um, she said we were we were in first grade, and we were watching a play. Her name is Julia, and she said, "You know, I turned to you, and I was like, I want to be like that girl." And I turned to her. I don't remember this. She told me this like a few years ago. I turned to her and I said, "No, you don't. You don't want to be like her. You want to be like you." Yeah. Like you don't want to be like that person. You want to be like yourself. <laughs> and she's carried it this whole time and wow. the reason the reason that that story is so telling is because ever since I was a little girl, I've always been asking myself who am I? And I and I always had this feeling that I was just not the same, not dif- you know, I was different. I was misunderstood. I just didn't fit in. That was partly cultural, it was partly familial, right? And so I always felt like I didn't belong. Yeah. And I never really could be myself. That's why I snapped at her so quickly. I was like, no, you don't. You don't want to be like anybody else. You want to be like you because I felt the pain of not fully being myself. Yeah. And, and that has led me to a lot of work on the behavioral side, on the personal development side to actually step into all of this, like I get to be all of it, right? Yes. <laughs> and and to to kind of come from a place where actually the the version of you that is true to you is actually the one that's going to be the most successful, is going to be the one that is most attractive, is going to be the one that is most magnetic in business, all those things. And so I've been in a very deep, long process of like fully stepping into who I am. And yeah. I think that feeling what it's like to not be able to do that gives you enough pain to then shift you into something that, you know, you're really, really passionate about. Totally. I I totally get that. And so you were in, in this corporate role, you're working for IBM and March 9th hits and you have, 
you've done the thing and you're like, I'm starting my I'd business. Quit. You'd, yeah. you'd quit, quit, right? So talk to us about the past 12 months. What, what has that been like building a business in a pandemic? Because as you know, like so much of Australia right now is in lockdown. So, so many of us are really still in the throes of, oh crap, this pandemic just keeps going and going. What, what was that like for you? How did you, yeah. how did you build something when there was so much unknown? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's this, this weird, in my perspective, this weird interplay between stillness and, and almost like panic or yeah. stillness and fear. Insert whatever version of that that mm-hmm. I think every one of us in the last year has felt, right? And and I I have a really strong meditation practice, and so I try and bring the stillness into the panic places. Yeah, try to go in between. You know, the I try to find the gray in between the black and the white, if that makes sense. And so, you know, on a very micro kind of daily level, it's very much a practice of 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 cultivating stillness when things are in a place of fear or when I'm in a place of fear, you know? And then when I'm really, when I've been really in that fear place, which by the way is entrepreneurship. Like there's, that's a, that's a swing of a pendulum too. It's like, you're either manic or you're like, oh my, everything is falling apart. Right. There's this, (laughs) whether you're in a pandemic or not, most of my friends are, are, you know, I have a lot of entrepreneurial friends and they're not all in, in service-based businesses. And it's still true. It's like, you're either super, super, you're on a wave or you're in a, you know, in a, in a valley. And so in those places of fear for me, like my biggest um, version of fear, panic, doubt, whatever it is, is, is fear. I lean into it. I actually acknowledge the fear and I go, okay, what are you here to show me? You know, like, let's, let me hold your hand. And let me actually get information and data so that I can go through it. I actually don't push fear away. I think that creates the cycle. And so I know I gave a very spiritual answer to a business question, but in my personal experience, that's actually what it's been like. It's not as much the strategies or the offerings or the marketing or the positioning or any of, or the hiring. (laughs) I've been hiring people in a pandemic. That's a thing, (laughs) right? So it's not... Um, any of those things, those things kind of come with entrepreneurship and in, in my perspective, but it's how do you find stillness and how do you like walk with fear and find the balance or the dance between them? Oh, that is so beautiful. And, and you're so right, because I think we, we do kind of want to shove fear down. I think we, we do have this thing of, oh no, that means I don't believe in myself. Like, and it, and it becomes this real, it becomes problematic because we're kind of like, well, anytime I'm afraid, that means I'm doing something wrong or I'm not mm-hmm. in my zone of genius or like I'm in the wrong industry or I've done something wrong. And I think actually totally, it, it's, I love what you said about it. it's just this dance between, it's kind of that thing of like imposter syndrome. I, don't, mm-hmm. I kind of am like, does it ever go away? Is it just something that as you grow, you, you go into new spaces where you don't know everything? And the, the fact is yeah. we don't know everything about anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there's totally. So there's always going to be gaps, which, which is where that, that dance of faith and fear kind of comes in because we're kind of going, right. oh, are people going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing in this little area here because <laughs> – that's terrifying. 
Right. And, you know, it's interesting. It's, you said something else that I really love, and I talk about this a lot, which is meaning making. So you said, you know, if I'm afraid, it means that I am not in my zone of genius or it yeah. means that I am not um, whatever, right? It, it's meaning making is a really powerful machine. And we're all the, we're the ones in control of the meaning we, we place, right? And so I'll give you an example from corporate life that I think is really um I'm glad I'm not there anymore because I don't know that they would keep me. But so I, to the, to your point about imposter syndrome, right? Like I'd go into meetings and I was the youngest manager for a while. I was, you know, sometimes the only woman, especially in tech, I, less on the woman, but definitely on the age. Yeah. I was by far the youngest in age. Um, and I could tell that there were, there were people who'd be like, what does she know? Like, what, you know, what's this little, like, blonde girl doing over here running two hundred million dollars right and I'd and I would I would play in it I would treat it as a game and so I would play in the things that I didn't know I'd actually lean into them the same way that you lean into fear right yeah and and I would show up in this like you know the places that I don't know you can teach me but here's what I do know and so I would just lean into it yeah and 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 it was very useful <laughs> because I'd actually go into VPs. I once went into a, 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 my CEO's office. This was not in tech. This was in brand. And I wore a pug shirt that day because I'd forgot we had, we had I'd forgotten we had a really important meeting. And I was wearing a shirt with like a pug on it. And we had to present <laughs> like a dog, right? And we had to present to the CEO. And I just walked in there and I was like, what you got? Like, are you, do you want to listen to what I have to say? Or, you know, like that, that was my mood and it was playful. And I think, you know, if, if there's anything to say about the meaning we put on things, it shifts our, our, our relationship immediately. I could have gone into that meeting and been so, I was 23 years old. I could have been terrified that I was going to get fired. I was going into a meeting with the CEO of the company. <laughs> and instead I was like, well, what are we going to do here? Got to just have to play with it, you know? <laughs> and he loved it because he was like, she's got balls, you know? Like she's, yeah. maybe that's not the right use of language, but she, no, she's, but you know, totally get like, it. I was like, so you play with it and what meaning can we put on the things that we're afraid of? It, for me, when I have fear, it's all, it's my first default is it's giving me information. I'm collecting data. Oh, that is, that's so, and then so cool. you go from there. Yes. Okay. So I really want to get into some practical things already. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I always find Marina every time I'm like, these are, these are like little one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions that I'm just hitting record on and everyone else is listening <laughs> in. So I feel like I'm going to get a lot out of this and I know that everyone listening will too. So your whole business is really about helping people to wake up to who they truly are and what they're meant to contribute in this world and to help them make money doing it. And I love that that's a little kind of thing on the end there because it's super important and I think so many of us don't know how to do both. We don't know how to kind of hold these two spaces of it's meaning, it's purpose, it's like my calling, and also I can make a bunch of money as well and both can coexist. So I really want to talk about in your experience and, and in your work, you know, coaching so many businesses and entrepreneurs, 
What do you think is the number one thing that stands in the way of people pursuing their deepest purpose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've, I, this is an evolving thesis. Yes. Okay. Uh, and I think it has to be because people shift all the time. What I have seen as kind of the most blanket overarching thing that stops people from doing what they love is fearing they can't make money doing it, which is a limiting belief. Yeah. And underneath that, it's this question that we all, I think we ask ourselves, which is, am I going to be okay? Will I be okay? Yeah. And, and it comes in different forms. The money one is, is the most obvious. Oh, I, you know, I can, I can do that on the side, but I won't make enough to support my family. Uh, another version of will I be okay is will my family accept me if I do something that's not standard? Um, that's still a version of like, am I going to be okay? It's just, am I going to be okay socially or in my relationships personally versus financially? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I like to do with people, I study with John Martini. Are you familiar with him? No, no. He, he's a human. He's a human behaviorist. He's like a modern day philosopher, highly recommend. Okay. And one of the things that, yeah, that he does and he talks about a lot, and this is where I get it, is he talks about all the areas of life. So purpose, a lot of times people think purpose has to do with work or mission. And I teach, and this this is where I think um, we're unique, is I teach the purpose as a state of being. Like you're in your purpose every single moment. You have to look at the other areas of life though. It's not just at work. And so when we when we get into a place of I can't move, I can't live in my purpose, it's because some of our areas of life, we have that question of like, am I gonna be okay? And so yeah. when you look in those areas, you can find that question and you can like unstick it. And then you yeah. can start to move. That makes so much sense about the the fact that it's it's central to all of these other areas of life. And I think for so many of us who are in lockdown and, and we were speaking before we hit record about your family in New York, being mm-hmm. in lockdown in an apartment in New York for 12 months, that has got to play into your purpose, right? If, if that's central to all of these areas, because I think it's not just work. It's not, yeah, that's so. And so I think, what would you say to someone who is like listening right now going, I'm just really struggling to even see because we don't have certainty around these lockdowns, around COVID, around what the future really looks like and when we can kind of start to move forward. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone who is struggling <clears throat> with that with that purpose side of things? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because something like a pandemic, I seem to be doing this. I seem to be giving you two answers for everyone. No, I I love it. (laughs) But I think it's actually really important. It goes back to that whole plan, but also faith. And, you know, it's like, you have to have a realistic perspective, right? And in a pandemic, I think it's really important to acknowledge that we're often in a fear response and often in a fight or flight or freeze response right? And so what we would do typically may not always apply. And it's really important to acknowledge that and to give ourselves some leeway. Yeah, that's like the first thing I would say to somebody listening right now, you know, in in a in a stress response is to acknowledge that that's actually really natural. It's it's 
it, it's the animal side of us, right? That goes, I'm not sure, you know, my family is going to be okay. I'm not sure that, you know, our needs for connection are going to be met. Our needs for safety are going to be met, right? And so actually, you know, when I was talking about stillness and finding stillness, giving yourself that leeway, like you can take a breath, right? Just yeah. calm down and, and, and just kind of three deep, long breaths to say, this is a weird situation, right? <laughs> and we're doing the best we can, you know, yeah. is, is part part one. And, and I think, and the reason I say that is because when we're in a stress response, our reasoning, our ability to reason and actually be strategic, it's diminished. We're in fight, we're in, you know, in the, the amygdala instead of the executive center, the prefrontal cortex. Yeah. And so it's really important to acknowledge where we're at so that we can get back into the place of reasoning, which is where we can be strategic, which is where we can actually be creative. So if you're listening and you're in a, in a place of my, like, I'm just scared for my family, or I'm scared for my job, or I'm scared for my ability to make money, acknowledging that to start is really key. Even boredom is an example of that. Like, how many days am I to be in this house? Yes. <laughs> like, I'm going crazy a little <laughs> bit, right? Like, that's still a stress response. Yes. And to acknowledge it and to create, a, a even if it's 20 minutes of stillness and quiet and peace so that we can come back into our prefrontal cortex and actually go, okay, I have, oh, I have space to reason and to think and to reflect. Oh, that makes so As much sense. Try to do the first one and they're like, but I'm in a pandemic and I'm just, I can't, you know? And so that's kind of the first thing I would say. And the second is, which is the answer I would give not in a pandemic um, to the question of how do you actually find your purpose and what, where do you yeah. start uh-huh. is get very clear on what's important to you. So your values and the things that actually matter. So, you know, uh, when the pandemic hit last year for me, I was alone in a one, one bedroom apartment in downtown Denver, literally in the middle of downtown. And I called my friend Will and I said, you're going to have to have some room for me in your house because I can't be alone because connection is so critical to me that I, I know I'm not going to be okay if I just am in this apartment by myself. And so knowing that connection is really critical, knowing that things like authenticity, things like depth, going really, really deep on a topic are important to me. When I, when you understand those values, you can start to make decisions from those places. And so yeah. understanding what's really, really important. And so, you know, if you're sitting in, in your house with your kids right now and you're going like, I'm not in my purpose, is family important to you? Is nurturing important to you? Is, you know, foundation important to you? And you can start to link what you're doing to the things that are important to you. And again, that calm, that creates a parasympathetic response. It calms the nervous system. And so you can actually start to go, okay, I'm not totally off the reservation here. I am actually in the areas of life that are, are in my current perspective. I'm actually, I'm doing the things that are, that matter the most. That's so, so important. And I think like, I kind of think about when we're building businesses, we, we think a lot about the business, you know, you think about your business all the time. I don't know if you're like this, but I honestly am thinking about it all the time. The other night I'm working on this um, project and I'm writing copy for this, for this new brand that's launching. And 
I woke up and was like, and the, the content, the subject matter is hilarious because it's about like testing and like, it's all very clinical. And I'm waking up thinking about these clinical mm-hmm. terms and how I'm going to make them sound funny and like yeah. puns. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why am I still thinking? And it's like, we think about our business all the time. We articulate, I think, I think we kind of understand, okay, I need a business plan. I need a strategy. I need a marketing plan. We, we kind of understand that. But I think for our personal lives, we don't really apply the same principles a lot of the time. And, and like, I love what you were saying about, well, do you want to be at home with your kids? Do you value that quality time, that nurturing? Like, what do you actually really care about? And they're all personal things. I say that with like little air quotes, but how do you think what you value as on a personal level informs your business purpose? How do they kind of connect? Totally. So you said something that we talk about a lot, which is you're waking up because like you're, you're what I heard is you're inspired. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's kind of the feeling of, of what yeah. I took away from that. And, you know, the things that we are inspired by, the things that are our highest value, we can't not do them. Yeah. Okay. So, so it might be, I'll just use authenticity for me. It's, it's literally the, I mean, I have a company called purpose built, like it's about being the closest version to yourself. Right. And then building your business from that place. It's literally tied into everything I do. It's also tied into how I show up with my partner, how I show up with, you know, my family, all of that. And so I kind of look at it in two ways. It's not about taking what's important to me and doing it exactly to the business. It's about taking the feeling of what inspires me and translating that inspiration into the business. So it's, it doesn't actually, I think, you know, a lot of times business owners have pitfalls because they try to put too much of themselves into the business. Yep. That's why I talk about areas of life, right? It's you are in your purpose in all the areas of life, but it looks different, right? So I'll give you an example. So I have a client, um, uh, agency owners, husband and wife pair, and um, empathy and shared connection are individual values, okay? One person's and the other's. And we're weaving them together, and part of their mission is about creating experiences where where new experiences create a sense of empathy and connection that lead people to action. So you can weave the things that are important into a business, but they don't have to look exactly the same. The way that you show empathy in your personal life is very different than the way you show empathy in business, but it's it's there's a through line. The biggest pitfall is when we put no separation between ourselves and our business. And then when we create our business and then it needs to shift or it doesn't work out, we take it personally and it becomes a personal failure and we're not good enough and we failed. And so it's really important to find the through line, but also to create enough separation where the business is the business, like purpose built, maybe this is sacrilege, but purpose built in 10 years may look very different. And I'm okay with that. As long as that feeling of inspiration, that authenticity is woven through, I'll be good. We'll be good. How do you separate that when you're, again, this is me asking for a friend. (laughs) How do you separate that when, when the brand is, 
like so many people build personal brands where Mm -hmm. particularly in the expert space, you are positioning yourself as an expert in a particular area and and you are an expert in your particular area. How do you kind of negotiate, okay, well, I I have to be okay with it not always Mm -hmm. being me? Yeah. I mean, I, I literally ask questions like, if this fails, am I still worthy? Yeah. Like it's, I mean, it's a little kind of <laughs> point in your face, you know? Yeah. But it's, if this fails, am I still good enough? If yeah. this is, I just had a post on social today. We posted something today because, um, and, you know, I always believe in good timing. Like there's a reason we're talking now and the pandemic is such a big deal in this moment for, for this audience, right? But I just posted something. I'm like, look, I think every day about whether or not um, what we are doing is actually going to withstand the structures that are bound to, to, some of them are bound to fall and some of them are bound to shift and form. And I wonder if what we're doing is actually going to survive it. Right. Like that was actually me being super honest and what I was talking about today. And if I ask myself, will I survive it? And the answer is no. Then I've tied myself too closely to the business. Yeah. It, it, there has to be, and, and honestly, the answer to your question is very much personal work. It's how yes. do I establish my own foundation, right? And know that that foundation is, that mooring isn't going anywhere, even when the form around me shifts. Think about a relationship. Like if you get too close in a relationship and then that relationship goes away, right? And you're like, oh, I've lost myself. Then, then the boundary isn't totally there. It's the same thing with a business. That is such a good parallel. And I think that makes so much sense because, and I think the pandemic is such a good reference for this, even for us. Like we used to do, I found sales conversations. I would do heaps better pitching face-to-face. And COVID meant that it was like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> and so you have to you have to adapt and, and get kind of confident. And, and also I think we put our own weird oh, it has to be done this way. We have to, like, our customers want it this way. But it's like, at the end of the day, the as you say, the form and structure can change so long as the mm-hmm. the core is still relevant. Yeah. Another example, um, can I, would that be useful? Yes, please. Another example that comes to mind, and I say this all the time, is from tech. So when you build a product, right, we built messaging software. Like, if you go on to you know, chat with somebody, right? And there's a bot or there's a human, like we did that, right? And it was a, it was a sales channel. Wow. So it made yeah. a lot of money yeah. for IBM, <laughs> fun fact, right? So when we built a new user interface or we introduced a new method of communication, you're building a new product, right? Well, you don't know what it's going to look like at the end, right? You have a user need that you are building for, and you build, and sometimes and oftentimes you shift based on that user need. And so we tested, the, the words I love are test and iterate. So you have a clear vision, you have a clear mission, right? But then everything between starting point and end point, like surrender, because it's going to be an interesting ride. And your users are going to tell you where and how that, you know, that river will, will shift or will flow because if you expect a human being to just never have different needs, 
I mean, look at yourself. Like, do you, are you just a walking tin man ro- robot? Like you shift all the time, 20 times a day. You're like, I don't know what I want today. Right. And so that's who we're actually building for. Yeah. And so to, to not have an end in mind, but to actually have a, a, let me rephrase, to have an end in mind, but to not have how you get to that end in mind set in stone is, is critical. So you, you have a mission and then you test and then you iterate, you shift and you test and you iterate. And honestly, that takes the pressure off. Because if you're like, oh, I didn't accomplish it that way, I mean, might as, that's where things get really hard, you know? Yeah, that, that makes so, so much sense. So we've got to bring our purpose for our personal life and and have a through line into our business. Yeah. I love that expression because it it doesn't mean that they have to be meshed and overlapped and exactly the same, but there has to be some sort of flow through of what you personally want. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like your personal your your personal values because you you have different seasons in life, you have different mm. like do do you feel like they ebb and flow as well? Yeah, so I love this question. We what it what has occurred to me is that we haven't actually defined purpose. I talked about it a little bit. I said purpose yes. is a state of being. So again, this may be more spiritual than business, but it's it's really very much what I hold true. So I believe that we have a, a soul purpose, right? There's a there's a a higher uh, reason that yeah. we're here, right? So so my pain of not being understood as a child, right? That can go away, but my my deeper calling to authenticity is still there. It's not just driven by my pain. It's it's informed by it, but it's it's bigger than it. Yeah, and I think that's what purpose is. Values can shift all the time. I actually do with, with clients, I do values every six months because they can ebb and flow with what becomes, you know, relevant in your life. If you start to have, if you start a family, all of a sudden your values are going to shift. Your kids are going to get higher on that list. You're going to, you know, and so it's really um, an interesting to borrow the same term dance. What is your sole purpose? What is that thread that's going to be there? right? And find that that's like, that's your anchor. Like if I could take that and put, land it on the moon, find your sole purpose, right? And then the things that are important to you, they will be related to that purpose a hundred percent, but they will shift. And sometimes they'll shift priorities. So sometimes connection will be secondary to financial, right? Because you're actually starting a business and you're, you're, you're actually really important. It's really important for you to make money. So that's okay. So Hopefully that doesn't complicate things, but I think it's a really important distinction to say, you know, what's happening in your life will influence the priorities in your life, but that sole purpose is is going to stay, in my opinion. That is so, yeah, that's such a helpful analogy as well. I think having, it's like this line up and down, but then these values sit kind of around it. Um, and mm-hmm. they can ebb and flow and change. I think that's totally. so, so important. And you and you touched on the financial thing, and I really wanted to get your thoughts on this because I know a lot of our audience they love what they do. They're tech like technicians. They love like the whether it's the products that they make or the products that they sell or the services that they provide. How do we like? How do we kind of align? our purpose and this kind of, as you're saying, this sole purpose with commerce, (laughs) 
with making money? How do we kind of do that that balance and negotiate that um, as we're growing a business? So there again, a couple ways to skin the cat. So one uh, thing that I think is important, I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, people think they can't make money doing what they love. Like it's the number one limiting belief that I've seen. If the number wow. one question keeping people stuck is like, will I be okay? The money one that I started with when I, we were talking about it is like number one with a bullet. We're told that you can't make money doing what you love. We're just, it's in society. It's not, it's in our families. It's, it's so, it's like, well, if you're not doing the thing you were supposed to go to school for, then what are you doing? Right. Yeah. And I will tell you, <laughs> I come from corporate America, okay? <laughs> Again, I, there's maybe a reason I'm not there anymore. But I have seen so much money spent on things that are incredibly not useful. Like just, just so much money, right? Just spent on the craziest things across industries, by the way. I've worked in brand. I've worked in tech. I, like, So there is money everywhere, okay? And it, it, it exists, and if you do not think that there is a slice of that huge spectrum to go around for what you're doing, then that's actually, I would ask a question about worth, a question about limitation that's kind of going, okay, I mean, do you know how many purpose coaches there are? <laughs> like you think, you know, like I come from business, you think I'd probably done some competitive research, right? And I know that the perspective that I'm bringing, maybe it's not a hundred percent unique, but my people, the people who will resonate in this, in this kind of conversation, they're there, right? I don't yeah. need all of the billions of people in the world. I need the ones that will hear this conversation and go, whoa, what's happening? Yes. She's talking like a human and she's, you know, and, and I like that. And, you know, she's, she's looking at things from more than one perspective and that's interesting. And, huh, we're talking about personal, personal and business and we're kind of combined, you know? And so those people will naturally gravitate. And I, and I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that that's the case and it's proven true every day. And so I really genuinely believe that there is something to be said for, do you actually have it in you, that feeling that you're not going to get paid the way that you should, because what you're doing isn't standard? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a big, big one. We had a woman at a purpose workshop recently. She works in insurance. She has a daughter, you know, single mom, um, in, a, in, a, in a committed relationship, single mom. Um, and she, she her, her, that sole purpose has to do with, with movement and expression for the sake of release, like re emotional release. And I said, and I said, okay, do you, have you ever heard of ecstatic dance? Have you heard of ecstatic dance? No. Do you know what it is? <laughs> no, but I'm definitely so, going to Google it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, let's take, let's take a, a more relevant, like concert venues, raves, that yeah. people go to, you know, just, or maybe not raves, but just concerts where people go to dance and express. Yes. Love I mean, it. right. That's so those exist. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So do they make money? Do those menus venues make money? She's like, yeah. I'm like, so, okay. So, so could you potentially see that translate into a, a vehicle for children? She was also talking about children and, and she was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so can you do that? Right. And so when you dig, 
she was like, uh, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> right. And so it goes to, is this really a market? I, I say this a lot. Is this a market issue or is this a mommy issue? And I joke about that, right? Like, do you yes. guys, does that translate in yeah, Australian? Totally. Like, do you know what mommy issues yeah. are? Okay. So is this a market? Is this really a market issue? Is there no market for expressive dance for children? Or is this a, a deeper personal behavioral belief that just needs to be reworked because society tells us all kinds of stuff that, you know, isn't necessarily true. (laughs) I love that. I could see that you were filtering your words just then. (laughs) Yes, that makes so, so much sense. And I, I love the idea of actually going, okay, digging deeper and going, what is this thing that is holding me back and, and like you said, just at the start of this whole conversation, actually sitting with that for a moment and going, okay, what am I really feeling here? What, what is this fear that I'm feeling? And, and can I just look at it in a more like kind of almost external to me, like I'm sitting across mm-hmm. from it rather than it being, this is who I am and I can't ever change it. It's like, no, this is external to me. Let's take it out and actually kind of, I guess, take the closeness out of it and the like, oh, this is intrinsic to my personality mm-hmm. and actually going, no, it doesn't have to be. And totally. I, yeah, I think that makes so, so much sense. I have one more question for you around just a practical question because you talk a lot about and in your work you talk about creating a purpose statement. Yep. So for someone who kind of is looking for this, like you were saying, this sole purpose this, this kind of, and to actually articulate it into a statement, can you share a few quick tips on how someone can actually do that for their business? (laughs) Well, okay. So, uh, well, it's interesting. So for the business, I would, we would call that a mission. Yeah. Call it a mission statement. Cool. Maybe I can go back and share a little bit about how we get to the statement and whether that's for, because, um, I think it's the bones are the same. Yep. And we always, we, the, the thing that is unique about what we do with Purpose Built is we start with the, with the person who we get to that sole purpose first, and then we translate it to the business. Kind of like what I was just saying about the couple who was combining, you know? Yep. So there are a couple of things that I think are really interesting, and we use a framework called Ikigai. So it's uh, Jap- It's 5,000 years old. It's Japanese. It's I didn't make Ikigai up at all. <laughs> um, the process is unique, but the framework is not. And it, it stands for a reason for being. It means like, why am I here? And it has four parts. And it talks about what you love, so your passions, what you're good at, so your skill set, what you want to contribute in the world, your 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 mission, your contribution, and what you can get paid for, <laughs> okay? Which is the unique, the unique part of that specific framework because I, I've seen a lot of um, the other three. And, and I think a lot of people don't put anything in the what I can get paid for bucket because of what we've talked about already. Yeah. And so there are questions for each of those buckets that we go through that, that kind of spark some thoughts. So for example, in, in the contribution bucket, right? It's you know, what is it in this world that like causes you pain? So if I see a little girl who is, 
you can tell she's just like tugging at her skirt or something and she just doesn't feel comfortable in herself and her skin like that bothers me right yeah and it's because it I know what it's like to feel uncomfortable in your own skin right yeah um you know so what pains you in this world like what is it that that like, because the things that pain us lead to the things that we want to you know we're really passionate about for the skill set it's things like obviously what you went to school for what you've acquired knowledge in it's also what can you explain to an 8 year old better than anyone else what do your what do your friends come to you for help with right it's not always hard skills it's it's also other areas of life <laughs> that we look at for what inspires you it's the one i really like to ask is okay it's christmas morning or you know whatever you celebrate but it's christmas morning and you wake up and there's a present and so you you unwrap the the present right what's inside that makes you cry like what is that thing that just brings a tear to your eye yeah right? that's and so, so beautiful so we go around and we and and we actually do go in and we ask what can you get paid for so one of my favorite, one of the things in that, in that bucket that I've asked is, okay, what are you better at than anyone else you know? And people hate that question. They hate it <laughs> because it's very provocative. And one of the things that I've heard people, you know, I've heard someone say, love, can I put love in that bucket? Yes, you can. I've also heard getting people to give me money. Wow. Right? So yes. many things that... Right. And you can see the translation to that really quickly. You can go into, you know, um, nonprofit, you can go into sales, you can go into uh, whatever. And so we, we use this framework to actually put some structure to the spirituality, right? So it's not all just in the air and the, the midpoint, the things that kind of resonate in all of these areas start to formulate the statement, and that's what we do from a from a personal purpose statement. We do I have a similar process for mission, but we start with 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 that personal purpose statement. When we move into the business side, so Purpose Bill has three portions to the program. It starts with the the entrepreneur, what that person loves, what's standing in the way, which you and I have talked quite a bit about, and then what do you want to create? And so the creation place, we talk about the brand position, we talk about the business model. We talk about all of those things, the mission, the vision, and the values of the organization. But we start with with purpose. So helpful. And I love that everything that you're saying is really grounded. Like it's, like you said, it's not too airy or like woo, I guess. It, it's very much like this is, there is a framework. It's practical. It's It's spiritual, but it's very grounded and practical, which is so rare to find and I think what you were saying before about like there are so many other coaches doing like similar things to what you do but that approach to me is so unique and really really powerful and something I think that like if we invest the time into doing this work it's something that we can iterate and and really take with us for life it's not just a apply this to your business model that's happening in this year and see you later. It's like, actually you can, you can kind of evolve this and, and really keep formulating and refining this statement and let it inform like multiple businesses that you have in your lifetime, you know? Well, that's, you just nailed something really important. So 
I think people, because we have this idea that if when I find my purpose, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to like be successful and I'm going to make the business and I'm going to do the thing, you know? <laughs> and so it's always, you ch- we're chasing after though all of those things, the business, the purpose, the happiness, the, you know, the stuff. And when you realize that that journey of evolution is, is your life, like that's literally what we're doing here. You, first of all, your mind opens to many possibilities. You're not holding yourself to, I have to get this right or I fail. Mm-hmm. And you actually start to dream up many scenarios and you actually start to be excited about all the things you're doing or many more of the things that you're doing. Cause you're not just like, it's that one thing. And when I find that one thing and when I get it right, then I'm, then I'm successful. Then I've made it. It's yeah. many things. It's many ideas. It's, it's inspiration in the, the every day instead of just the end outcome. Ah. Uh. You are incredible. I'm honestly, this conversation has been so helpful and practical and and really inspiring. So thank you so much for joining Mm. us. And I know everyone listening, like I encourage you, if you're listening to this walking or driving or whatever, vacuuming, whatever you're doing, I encourage you take a listen back and take some notes because a lot of what Marina's spoken about, I really feel like we need to actually really get clear on some takeaways and things we need to action from this conversation. So go back through, take some notes, take some key takeaways. And I really, if you have found this helpful, I really want you to send Marina a DM, send myself a DM, let me know. And and we really want to hear from you because this is such an important part of your business journey, but also of just life, I think. And I also want to encourage everyone listening who is in this COVID space and feeling a bit stuck, feeling a bit like, what the heck are we doing? Are we going to be okay? Those questions that Marina was asking. This is such a good time to really look at your purpose and really look at these, these big questions because we have, we have a bit more space to really think about these things. So Marina, I'm just so grateful for this conversation. Honestly, it's been a privilege can you tell us where people can find you, where people can connect with you more? Because I know uh, it'll be great for people to follow you. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for an awesome talk. It's been super fun. And I hope that, that people listening got some real value out of it. So we have a, a page up for this podcast. So if you go to purposebuilt.io slash playbook. We have a page set up for anyone who's listening with some information on some of the workshops we do. So the, the, the most um, common entry point that people have or the, the first introduction that people have to this work is our workshops. So we have a purpose workshop that talks about that sole purpose. We have spent half a day going into that. We also have a resistance workshop that says, okay, I feel really, really stuck. Will I be okay? Some version of that is bouncing around you know (laughs) um and we have some other information for um for for anybody who's listening and and we'll have a promo code for you guys as well incredible well all of those links will be in the show notes so take a look and don't forget to follow marina on instagram i'll also link that in the show notes too but i hope that you have a wonderful day and thank you again marina for joining us thank you thank you thank you